After leaving the narcissist, you want to quickly move on. You want to recover, you want to heal, you want to forget them and basically start a new life. But for some reasons, you can't seem to do so. You feel stuck and frustrated, wondering, what am I doing or not doing that is keeping me this way? Well, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about five such things. Things that you may be doing that are keeping you stuck in your healing journey. If that sounds interesting and you're eager to learn about these things, please make sure to subscribe if you haven't already before we begin. Because your subscription to the channel always helps spread awareness about narcissistic abuse. Also, I have created a free yet powerful healing resource for you. I have created a guide that answers top 10 questions asked by every single survivor of narcissistic abuse. You can access the guide now by clicking the i button above or the link in the description. Let's get started with the first thing. You may be checking their social media constantly to confirm if you're the crazy one. You want to see if they're happy with the other person because if they are, then it means you are the reason of every single problem. But why do you think this way? Because they convinced you. They brainwashed you into thinking and believing that you are the reason why the relationship you had with them ended. You are the faulty one. You are flawed. You are sensitive. I mean, every single label that you can think of, they labeled you with. It just your brain is trying to look for the proof. We call it confirmation bias. If they are posting happy pictures with their supply, if they are posting video clips of the video calls they're having with their supply, then your brain is fried again, burned again, because then you think, well, see, they are happy with this new person. That must mean something was truly wrong with me. Probably they were right. What if I was too sensitive? What if I was too clingy? What if I was too needy? What if, what if I, I was asking too many questions? What if this new person is the right person for them? What if this new person is the one who meets their needs and doesn't worry them the way I did, doesn't abuse them the way I abused them because the narcissist told you that you are their abuser, didn't they? So this is the mistake number one that you are making if you're checking their social media because what you're seeing on their social media is just a collection of snapshots you know time stamps but you do not see the whole series of events who knows what happens in between those happy events who knows maybe this is the idealization stage maybe the narcissist is intentionally doing this because they know you are looking at their social media profiles and they want to punish you. These people are energy vampires. They are quite intuitive but in a predatory way so they know you're still stuck. Maybe this is a trap. Regardless, you got to unstuck yourself. You got to untangle yourself because this is not healthy. You're never going to get any answers that way. Maybe, maybe you may be able to see the bigger picture. You may be able to understand that, yes, this is a pattern. This person treats everyone this way in the beginning, but then it ends the way it ended with me. If you're able to think about what you see that way, then maybe it is a healthy thing to do. Maybe that is your closure. But if it keeps you stuck, if it initiates that cycle of rumination and you can't sleep, you can't eat, you can't do the basic things that you need to do to function, then that is the signal. That is the biggest sign that you should stop checking their social media because there are no answers there. The second thing that you may be doing is not creating and maintaining a self-care routine. You need to understand that experiencing narcissistic abuse is tumultuous and debilitating, which means it disrupts 
all the basic biological rhythms. It induces an extreme state of survival and you are only fighting, running away from the situations we call that flight response or you're frozen that we call freeze response. That is what we do when we are in a narcissistic relationship and even after leaving such an environment because our system is still in shock. There is adrenal fatigue, our brain is constantly looking for the similar kind of threat that we were exposed to earlier. Changing the environment doesn't necessarily mean that there will be an instant shift in our physiology, in our neurochemistry, in our biology. We have to put in intentional efforts. We have to be mindful about living our life if we want to heal and if you want to change. If you are following the same pattern, not sleeping at all, looking at their social media, talking about the same stuff again and again with everyone that you meet, if you have no routine, if you're not eating properly, if you're not taking care of your hygiene, if you are not trying to communicate with those who you trust, of course you are going to stay stuck because there is no difference that is being made. The only difference is that this person is out of your sight, but that doesn't necessarily mean they will be out of your mind because trauma is timeless. It doesn't work that way. So what am I saying here? I'm saying that you need to create a basic, simple, predictable, certain routine that is repeatable, that you can do every single day, which can include things like doing breathing exercises when you wake up, doing nervous system regulating exercises, body-based exercises so that you can soothe your system and it can reset itself. Because healing is all about maintaining the balance, rather recreating the balance that was destroyed by the narcissist trauma, the abuse and their presence. You got to take care of your body. You got to eat properly. You got to take care of your hygiene. You got to communicate intentionally with those who love you, but not necessarily about what happened in the relationship. You got to focus on a basic self-care routine that is repeatable and that is reliable because that will help you become forward-faced. You won't be stuck in the past as much as you will be without having a routine. So you got to move forward through a basic routine. The third thing that you may be doing is not seeking compassionate professional help. A narcissist isolates you and you think, well, nobody understands my situation or nobody will understand my situation. And unfortunately, in many cases, it is true. Professionals, especially mental health professionals, invalidate your experiences and isolate you further. You think, well, yes, probably I was a crazy one because this person in authority is now confirming what I felt or what the narcissist convinced me of, especially if this mental health professional is not narcissistic abuse informed. I get it. But still, you got to seek help. Trauma is something that debilitates the system, that leaves you feeling resourceless, that leaves you feeling helpless. So you have to seek help because if you seek proper professional help, if you have this voice that is objective, the voice of this third party, you will be able to dissect these memories that you keep struggling with. You will be able, able to overcome that cognitive dissonance. You will learn how to deal with those urges, those confusing sensations. You will be able to move through that pain, that gnawing pain that keeps engulfing you all the time that keeps eating you inside. You will be able to move through that anger. Basically, you will be able to go through the grieving process when there will be someone holding your hand. You need to have a proper support system because a part of your nervous system co-regulates when you are in the presence of a 
safe person, a safe support system, a therapist, a coach, whosoever you connect with, you need to take help. Also, if you are a survivor of childhood trauma, then super independence or ultra independence may be a trauma response that you may have. Because as children, when we are abused by narcissistic parents, we learn to not to depend on anyone because that dependence was the source and the cause of our pain. We learn to isolate ourselves. That is what you have to overcome now. You have to seek help because there are right people in this world. There are good people who have the tools, who know how to help you. You just have to reach out. The fourth thing that you might be doing is, and I can't emphasize this enough, constantly talking about the memories and the experiences that you have had in the narcissistic relationship in an agitated state. What does that mean? That means talking about what happened in that relationship to just get some kind of closure. You talk about this with every single person that you meet, your friends, your colleagues, your parents, your siblings, anyone who can offer you some kind of emotional support because this is overwhelming. It feels so painful. It feels so heavy to keep it in your head. You just want to get it out. But no matter how much you try, no matter how much you talk about it, it still doesn't leave you. Why is that the case? Because when you are in an agitated state, in other words, when you are in a dysregulated state, when your nervous system does not have access to the capability to process and integrate trauma, it will get re-traumatized every single time you bring up the trauma or the traumatic material that you are not prepared to deal with yet because you have not learned how to stay in a relaxed body, how to soothe your nervous system, how to access your prefrontal cortex, which is very important if you're trying to do the trauma work. Cognitively, if you're trying to process things, you need to be able to access this part of the brain and you need to be able to be under what we call parasympathetic dominance. Your rest and digest response should be activated, not fight, flight, or freeze. As long as you are in a survival state and you're talking about trauma or traumatic stuff that happened, you're not going to get any form of resolution. That is proven. So you first need to learn how to work with your nervous system, how to soothe it, how to expand your window of tolerance, how to increase your capacity to stay with distress before talking about that stuff. Because once you are under the window of your tolerance, you will be able to look at the situations more objectively than emotionally. Because you will be able to see aspects that you were not able to see before and that will be your closure. The fifth thing that you might be doing is doubting yourself and constantly doing so because the narcissist trained you to do that. The narcissist wanted you to do that because that served their agenda. What was their agenda? If you're doubting yourself, if you are questioning yourself, it will become easy for me to get supply from you. You will become an easy source of supply, an easy source of fuel for me. I will not have to do a lot of work because you are easily giving in since you think and believe you are the problem. So that is the mindset you have with yourself. And of course, this is not a mindset that can be changed with thinking positively. Of course not. This is a trauma response. This is a trauma-genic mindset, if I were to call it that. So you got to learn how to love yourself. You got to learn how to speak to yourself compassionately. You got to become that voice that tells you the truth. What is the truth? You are not the crazy one. You were doing your best in that relationship. You were gaslit. You were manipulated. You were made to believe 
that every problem in the relationship is because of you, because that helped them get what they wanted to get. You need to understand that this person was an abuser. They were not giving you feedback. They were not helping you grow. Rather, they were abusing you under the disguise of being a mentor or a source of support when they were your biggest enemy. You got to speak to yourself the way you would speak to someone who is brutally hurt who is emotionally devastated. How will you speak to such a person? Imagine that. The same way you have to speak yourself. You have to overcome this inner critical voice that shames you, that doubts you by asking you to step away and holding on to compassion. Holding yourself with compassion and radical acceptance. Radical acceptance is the key because the notion it takes two hands to clap does not apply here. The dynamics of a narcissistic relationship are far more complicated than that and you need to know that you are a survivor of narcissistic abuse, not the cause of it. The cause of everything is only one person and that is the narcissist. We're not abdicating responsibility here, we're speaking the truth. So you need to overcome that doubt, you need to speak with yourself compassionately in a loving way. You got to seek help because there is a lot of help available. There is a lot that you can gain from working with someone. You got to stop checking their social media. You have to create a self-care routine and you have to maintain it through repeating it. You have to learn how to soothe your nervous system before you talk about those gruesome things that happen in the relationship. I hope you found this episode insightful. If you did, please let me know in comments. Let me know what your experiences have been and let me know what else I can help you with. I'll talk with you in the next one. Until then, let the healing begin.